guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Social Media Manager. I'm your host, Dakota Jean, and this week I'm going to be covering a topic that I got a lot of questions about since my very first episode, which is, how did I acquire clients? Based on how many responses I got after the first episode, it's clear to me that there are many people out there looking to potentially quit their jobs and go out on their own. Not to mention, this is big news all over the place. Have you heard of the great resignation? Before I dig into this topic on how I was able to and continue to be able to get new clients, I want to address what's on my mind about going out on your own. It seems to me that there is a trend on social media that glorifies working for yourself. I know because I've done it. I created reels and have tweeted about how awesome it is to work for myself. I see it all over social media because there is this true desire to lead a life that is dictated by you and you only. You want to wake up when you want to, take a break when you want to, not have anyone critique you or give you a work review. You want to be able to travel when you want and have the flexibility to work from wherever you are. You don't want to have to ask for time off and then have it be denied over and over. Or worse, have a manager or coworker call you during your time off. I get it because I've been there. My last job was so toxic that I dreaded asking for time off because I knew it was going to be a pain in the ass to get it approved. And once it was approved, it wasn't honored. I even got vacation approved once, you know, months in advance. And my manager had the gall to say that it may be taken away depending on what's happening with the business at that time. This is behavior that we're seeing all over the place now. And so many people are struggling with this. So I'm here to tell you that you don't have to deal with any of that shit. There are companies out there that actually value your time. But if you're ready to take the leap into doing it all on your own, I'm going to just say proceed with caution. Once you're on your own, you have to deal with a lot of really hard stuff. Like one, managing your time and the likelihood of working well over 40 hours a week. For example, currently I work around 60 hours a week, and I could work more if I didn't feel like being social. Two, having to deal with extremely expensive healthcare costs. Once you're on your own, you don't have a company covering healthcare for you. This can be upwards of $800 a month. Three, you are far less likely to have a 401k or a high yield savings account unless you work with a financial advisor. The perk of having a corporate job is they take care of that hassle for you, usually. And whether you're thinking about retirement now or not, you really need to plan for your future or else your elder years will be hell. Four, clients who don't pay on time or even worse, maybe not even pay at all. I've had to, you know, quote unquote, nudge my clients too many times to count to remind them to pay me. And if you're the one doing it all, like managing your books, which likely you will be, what happens if you forget to nudge a client? Or worse, what if they say they paid you, but you never got it? Do you have enough money to pay a lawyer to fight that? Five, do you have a backup plan if a client backs out? For me, I had to start with one too many clients than I comfortably had time for just 
in case. And luckily I did because I lost clients along the way too. You need to have a waiting list of sorts or know that you have income coming in or have enough savings just in case or else venturing out on your own just won't work. So with all of that being said, I can tell you how I've been able to make this work for me and hopefully this will either be inspiring for you or at least help you navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. Let's start with when I decided to acquire clients. This was while I was still working and I was actually looking for other jobs. I even did some interviews, um, but never landed a role. Either I wasn't invited for more interviews or in other cases, I actually declined a few offers even though they paid more. I was at the point in my life where I needed my next move to be monumental. I wasn't interested in just going to another job. It wasn't only about the pay for me. I needed my next employer to have an excellent work culture and to provide me with a sense of purpose. I don't want to just manage social media accounts for some product I don't believe in. That works for many, and honestly, I'm glad that it does. But for me, I take my work extremely seriously, and often to my detriment, I take it personally. So that's when I started toying with the idea that I could still do my full-time job and then work part-time freelancing after hours and on the weekends for extra income. So as a social media professional, I obviously should have started marketing myself on social media, right? Well, yes, except that I worked in a toxic environment where my CEO and my boss followed me on social media and closely monitored what I was doing. I know that sounds crazy, but I will give you an example. Since my coworkers and those I reported to followed me on social, they could see what I was up to just like everyone else. As a social media professional, I am the type of poster who posts at a more you know marketable time, so many of my posts are not real time. This seemed so obvious to me that I didn't ever really think about it. It was December of 2020 during the pandemic when our entire company, minus the warehouse staff, were working from home. They had a holiday party at the office, but promised it would be, you know, safe because it was outside and anyone who didn't feel comfortable coming didn't have to, but it was highly encouraged that you attend. I, however, didn't really have a choice because I was the social media manager and they liked to document everything we did on social media. When I got there, everyone was masked and I felt fairly safe. I ended up speaking with the CEO and she said she has been seeing what I've been doing, like the trip I took driving up north in Arizona during my PTO on my birthday, the hiking I've been doing, the photos I would take while I was running. She literally said to me, and in this exact tone, quote, you've been everywhere but at the office, unquote. I was so taken aback by this that I didn't really know how to respond. There's a lot to unpack with just that simple accusation. First of all, the office has been closed to employees since March of 2020. So there would be no reason Uh, for me to go to the office. Although many people did throughout the pandemic, working inside, among others, you know, just really was not on my personal priority list. 
but it's as though she started to favor the ones that were coming into the office because, you know, that's what her comfort zone was. And her seeing me posting my adventures in the outdoors uh, may have led her to believe that I wasn't working or maybe even taking advantage of working from home, which by the way, I definitely take advantage of working from home. Like I love the freedom to shower midday, wake up a little later and run since I don't have to commute. Maybe I'll even do laundry or make tea or work from anywhere that has Wi-Fi because that's exactly what remote working means. She is the type of person that needs office interaction to be creative, uh, which I personally don't understand, but I accept and I acknowledge. So I, however, you know, I don't need that. I can be creative and do my best work while working from home. So this is why I couldn't really market myself, you know, my side hustle on social media. She would have seen that and probably would have assumed that I was doing that on her dime and her time. So that's when I decided to block her and a few other coworkers from my Instagram story. However, this is tricky too because my profile is public and any account that isn't blocked could watch my story, so who's to say that they wouldn't be looking anyway? I know that sounds a bit crazy, you guys. It is crazy. Uh, But the environment that I was working in, you know, it just wasn't normal. I don't want to harp too much on my past job situation because I do think that looking to the future is so much more important. But I guess what I want to say with this is, If you feel comfortable with your coworkers or your boss following you, then that is awesome. If you don't feel comfortable with it, make sure that you're blocking them right away if you can, or even have that hard conversation with them that's like, I need to put up these boundaries. I don't feel comfortable with you following my social. It's nothing personal, but my personal life uh, is separate from my professional life. Anyway, if you're in that situation that I was in, I really, I feel for you and I just want to say good luck. So I had to be strategic about how I was going to get new clients and work on my side hustle. I decided to build my own brand, but before I could totally build my own brand, I felt like I needed something to give me some clout, something that showed I was an expert at what I did. I started making some reels and TikTok videos and did some social media tutorials and updates. Those few videos, I'm honestly, it was just a few, allowed my following, which is, you know, mostly my friends, to message me and ask me questions about how they could use what I was talking about toward their businesses. I have a lot of amazing entrepreneurial friends and many reached out asking for help. So I started with one service, and it was, and still is, called the Social Media Guide. This is a PDF presentation of sorts that I put together, um, you know, that was tailored to each of their businesses. It was a fairly simple, yet time-consuming project. So uh, essentially, I would audit their current social media accounts and then offer my advice on what to change. Then I would go deeper into how they can acquire followers and give them specific calls to action on how to do it. Then I would give them a planned feed and uh, what their feed could look like with the photos they already posted or other content that I found or made. 
I provided caption copy ideas, branding suggestions, when to post, and so much more. So it was a jam-packed, awesome guide just for them and their business. Once I had done a few of those, I put it up on my website as a service and put a price on it. I was charging my friends such a low amount just so I could get a few under my belt and get some reviews. Then I added a more reasonable price for the time that it takes for me to create this, and it continues to be a successful service of mine. So once I had a few reviews, I used those reviews in my content, and I would post them to my story. This was terrifying because I wasn't sure if anyone I worked with would see it and tell my boss, but I knew that I was working a full 40 hours, well, usually more, for them and was putting out consistently great work. So I just decided to bite the bullet and soft market myself to my followers just on my story. From there, I was able to acquire a new client, a woman I know through my high school network. She is an excellent artist and didn't have time to manage her social media and run her business. So she met with me and I offered her a proposal. Again, I charged quite a bit lower than I normally would but I knew that if I could get her as a client where I was actually managing her social media, then I could actually have a portfolio beyond my full-time job. So before we move on to the other ways that I acquired clients, I wanna recap on this first step. I used my creativity to provide how-to videos and social media tutorials to share with the world that I know my social media shit. If you execute this well enough, people will message you giving you the distinct opportunity to speak with them about how you can help them. I provided only one service so that I could build something from there. I provided the service for cheap, in some instances, in exchange for reviews. Then I would share those reviews so that other people could see that I meant business and that I was the real deal. Okay, next. I knew that I needed to have a place for people to go and look at my services and see that I had a real business. The only domain that I had at the time was my name, you know, dakotajean.com. And while I like my name, um, I wasn't really selling me as much as social media services. So I went on to GoDaddy where I buy my domains and looked up, you know, socialmediamanager.com. Obviously it was taken. Um, and I think it was for sale for like $90,000. Okay, can't do that. <laughs> but I kept searching for different uh, domain names and finally thought of the socialmediamanager.com. So this was for sale as well, but at a price that was much more affordable. In all transparency, it was for sale for $2,500. This was a really big purchase for me, especially since I wasn't sure if my business was going anywhere just yet. But I loved the simplicity of it, and I knew that I could brand it really well. So I ended up buying it. And then I worked on my website. You know, this took a while, but I'm pretty happy with where it's at right now. I am not a web designer by any, any means. So when I have enough money to hire one, I definitely will. But I am good at branding. That's what I did for so many years of my career, and it's just so much fun for me. So I created my color palette, made a logo, found the brand voice and tone, and really went to town on my website. I listed three services that I could provide, making the experience on my site much like going to In-N-Out. <laughs> like there's only a few options, and each option is extremely delicious, so you can't go wrong. 
The easier the experience is for your customer, by the way, the easier your life will be and the more sales you will get. The three products that I displayed were, you know, social media manager, where I manage your social media. Just like an in and out secret menu, I also provided things that would make it a little bit more expensive, like managing several social media accounts versus just Instagram, uh, creating content versus planning out the content that they provide, etc. My second service um, is the social media guide that I spoke about before, a personalized PDF guide tailored for your specific business. And my third service is consulting. Uh, this is a lot like the guide because I provide all of the same tips and advice, but it's actually a one-on-one -on -one call with me. Uh, so you can ask questions along the way. Now that I had a complete website with services, I could use this as my ammo. This was going to be the tool that launched me to the next level that I needed to be in. So I couldn't, you know, just keep marketing to my friends on Instagram to get new clients. I needed some, you know, real <laughs> clients that I could charge my normal amount to. Now, if you're wondering if I used cold calling or cold emailing to acquire new clients, I'm just going to tell you right now that no, that doesn't work. And no, that would never be something I suggest you do. I utilized what I'm good at, which is social media. Did you know that LinkedIn is a powerful social media tool? I assume a lot, and I'm really trying to stop that bad habit. I want to assume you have a LinkedIn profile, but if you do not, please sign up now. Okay, so if you remember at the beginning of this episode, I told you I was searching for full-time director-level social media jobs. That wasn't exactly working. So when I started this business, I decided to take another route. I went onto LinkedIn and then turned on job notifications for part-time social media manager and contract social media manager jobs. This allowed me to connect with smaller business owners that I knew needed a social media manager and would allow me to work with other small business owners. And that's exactly what happened. I applied to work with this awesome podcast. It's called Crazy Amazing Humans, and you need to go follow them right now. And they hired me because one, you know, we vibed really well, and that is so important. And two, I had the tools like my website and personal social media, my experience with big companies and with my reviews. And because of all of that, I was able to acquire a new client by putting in the work by applying. Utilizing social media like LinkedIn is such an important tool for you because you can connect with people, get their email, start conversations with them. But beyond that, you can post about what you're doing and generate leads that way. You can post a project you recently did and ask people to share it, giving you the potential to reach thousands of prospects just on LinkedIn. Can you tell that I love LinkedIn? If you're wondering, no, they do not sponsor me. And maybe I should stop saying LinkedIn so many times. Um, but yeah, maybe they should pay me to do this. <laughs> okay. And the third way I was able to acquire new clients is through something uh, that young millennials like myself and Gen Z may often overlook, networking. Now, this could mean a couple of different things. You can go to networking events, and I think this is really useful and a fun way to meet new people and grow your network. It can be intimidating, so make sure to wear something you feel confident in and be ready to talk about yourself. 
but also be open to the fact that people will be talking to you too, so you need to be ready to listen. I personally have a love-hate relationship with networking events. I get so scared sometimes talking to people and get anxiety on how to end a conversation or, you know, what am I going to say next? So um, I think that this takes practice, at least it does for me, but I do enjoy networking events overall. There's also the kind of networking that I really love and want to share with you in case you aren't doing this already. Get out a notepad or your phone notes and write down 10 people that you know, love, and trust. So this would be family members or best friends, people that you can rely on. Now, with those 10 people, send them a quick text or call them and tell them that you are launching a business or that you're ready to take your business to the next level and are looking for clients. This is what I did. I told the people closest to me that I was doing this and that I needed these people to think about entrepreneurs that they knew that might want a social media manager, or maybe they know someone who at least needs help with social media. You would be amazed at how far your network can go just by asking those closest to you. And if you learned anything from episode one or the last episode with Amanda Wagner, it's that you won't get what you don't ask for, or more positively, you only get what you ask for. So ask, ask your peeps to help you. The people that love you, your closest network will want to help you. So use all the help that you can get. I was able to acquire a few clients from my boyfriend's friends, for example, I never would have known that they had businesses or were looking for social media help, and that's how powerful your network can be. Okay, so let's recap. One, show the world that you are the expert at what you do, whether that's guest blogging on someone else's blog, creating how-to YouTube or TikTok videos, guest starring on podcasts like this one, whatever way you can show people that you're the one to go to for their need. And then share that blog or that video or that podcast on your social media so then people know that they can come to you for that need. To create a brand for yourself. If you want clients to take you seriously, you need to have the right presentation with a good website and a way for people to contact you or purchase your services. Three, use LinkedIn to find people that need your services and grow your online network. And four, use your closest friends and ask them to help you find clients. Also, it won't hurt to attend some in-person or online networking events. I am so proud of you for going after your dreams. I hope this helps you find new clients and generate income. Let me know which tactic works best for you after you give them a go. They were all successful for me, so I hope they are for you too. And now it's time for your social media news updates. So spoiler alert ahead. Okay. So for that new show and just like that, which is the new sex in the city. So first of all, I love sex in the city. Um, but to be honest, I have not seen this new show and currently have no plans to watch it, but I'm sure I will eventually. Anyway, the spoiler is that Mr. Big dies. He literally gets on a Peloton bike and croaks with a heart attack. Peloton stock tanked. (laughs) Okay, so Peloton released this statement, quote, 
I'm sure Sex in the City fans like me are saddened by the news that Mr. Big dies of a heart attack. Mr. Big lived what many would call an extravagant lifestyle, including cocktails, cigars, and big steaks, and was at serious risk as he had a previous cardiac event in season six. These life choices and perhaps even family history, which often is a significant factor, were the likely cause of his death, unquote. Um, so, oh, and then they added, quote, riding his Peloton bike may have even helped delay his cardiac event, unquote. So this is really funny because this is a fictional character who dies and they literally had to put out a statement because their stock was like seriously plummeting. Um, and apparently Peloton knew that the bike would be featured in the show. But because of confidentiality reasons, they weren't told how it would be used. Okay, so this gets better. In less than one day, the CMO of Peloton reaches out to the actor via Ryan Reynolds, um, and they were able to produce, record, and edit an entire commercial with a Mr. Big character in 12 hours. The next day, the commercial airs on social media and goes viral within 36 hours of the and just like that episode airing wow peloton marketing whoever you are bravo one other piece of news that i want to share with you is that instagram is actually uh, going to be returning the chronological feed so if you remember instagram when it first started uh, was in chronological order. You would post something, and uh, if you were looking at Instagram an hour later, you'd have to scroll all the way down um, to see that post, right? So um, a lot of people are annoyed with the, you know, quote-unquote algorithm and have been requesting that the chronological feed come back. Well, Instagram listened, and this is going to be happening um, early next year, so um, early, you know, January 2022. Um, and I think that it's going to be interesting because I'll, I'll probably give it a shot, but I'm not actually sure that it's going to be as exciting as we actually think it is going to be. So um, we'll see. I'm interested to hear what you think um, when it comes out. So let's keep in touch about that. I have more social media news for you coming your way to your inbox. If you want all of the awesome social media juicy details, please go to thesocialmediamanager.com and sign up for our newsletter and you'll get all of the awesome news every single Wednesday. Okay, so lastly, there will be no podcast next week or the following week as I'm taking some much needed time off. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, and I look forward to seeing you right back here on The Social Media Manager on January 5th. All right? Ciao, crew. 